Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. I'm Super Dave, aka Mr. Incredible. And with me today, um, my hosts, my co-hosts aren't joining me today. So uh, I'm blessed and honored to have in their stead my good friend, NBA expert extraordinaire. She told me not to say that, but Miss <laughs> Joelle Laguerre. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a really great show today because I have a gentleman here who's a friend of mine. I've known him uh, probably most of his life, a, lot, a large part of mine. Um, yeah, he's a 2005 graduate of Howard University. Uh, his time at HBCU inspired his 2015 novel, Paths, an in-depth look into the lives of a group of students as they navigate through classes, uh, school organizations and social activities while working to cultivate and maintain interpersonal relationships. Um, he's uh, also taught history in Maryland public school system and uh, currently is uh, back at Howard working on a degree in filmmaking. My boy, Robbie Anderson is with me. What's up, brother? It's so hey, good what's to have going you on, Joel and Dave? How are you too? Good, man, hey. good. All yeah, right. Yeah. So, I'm happy yeah, to man. be here. Thank you for inviting me. Definitely, definitely, man. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you about all the cool stuff that you're doing, uh, you know, that you have done and are doing. But, uh, you know, first, there's a couple of things going on in the city, in the country, in the world that we should talk about. And uh, we're going to talk about it right now. Yes. So, um, as you guys know, um, and we've typically started our show talking about the coronavirus just because it's such a huge thing on, uh, you know, everybody's hearts and minds right now. It's, it's, it's so prevalent. Um, and uh, a new aspect of it has come about through news stories and social media posts, and that's the, the vaccines and the, the fear of the vaccine um, that's prevalent in our community. You know, and uh, in an interview uh, that I saw floating around social media over the past few days that actually resurfaced because it was originally from an um, interview from July with uh, NIH infectious disease expert Anthony Fauci. Uh, he talked about the validity of the apprehension among the Black community um, with the Institution of American Medicine. Uh, he cited things like um, the Tuskegee experiment and even something that I didn't realize was as prevalent as it is until they talked about it in this uh, interview, uh, the disparity between blacks, Black people and white people and how they're prescribed pain medicines. And uh, when I was reading about it, it, it took me back to a situation that I had where a couple of years back, my mom had broke her shoulder. She had a fall and she broke her shoulder. And um, as part of her, you know, um, uh, uh, health regimen, she was prescribed some, uh, I think it was like oxycodone or something like that. One of those heavy, one of the serious, <laughs> you know, the ones that put you out. But um, so- they make, uh, they make rap songs about that. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so uh, the oxy, yeah. But um, but I went to pick it up for her. And um, I remember uh, she had, she. Uh, went to the doctor that day, of course, they, you know, checked her out and everything, and they prescribed the medicine, so by the time she got home, it was kind of late in the evening, and uh, I went to pick up the, uh, actually to uh, put in the prescription for her, and um, I went to a couple of different pharmacies, and they all were, uh, they were looking at the prescription and looking at me, and they're like, oh, we, we, don't, we don't have that, and it took a while for me to realize that as I was going from pharmacy to pharmacy, that each pharmacy was calling the next pharmacy and saying, hey, it's a black guy, trying to get this stuff like to the point where I would get into one 
and they'd be like, all right, I gotta go, I gotta go, all right, yeah, yeah, so hey, you looking for the, no, we don't have that, I'm sorry. And so that, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of brought that to light for me when I was reading the article and they were talking about the disparity and how, you know, we're prescribed medicine and how like, you know, people, black people suffering from things like sickle cell and different um, ailments that are extremely painful aren't able to get access to these medicines just because of the stereotype that keeps them from being um, prescribed or doctors try to find ways around prescribing and things of that nature. I had no idea if this was such a prevalent thing, but um, it's, just, it's just so interesting to me that uh, this is uh, one of those examples of systemic racism that has proliferated throughout the years has been like from as far back as something like the Tuskegee experiment um, to, to present day and, and it's showing itself in this, in this vaccine and the mistrust that we have. Um, I know this is kind of a deep topic to start out on, but I mean, if you guys have any opinions on it, I'm gonna go uh, ladies first and start with Joelle and see if you have any opinions on it. Uh, and I can tell by the face you made that you're ready and anxious to turn no, I am not. <laughs> okay. But I mean, go ahead. I mean, it's a very com complex subject, as you as you mentioned. And I think all of the, the concerns that you brought up, um, I don't know what you were reading from, but I know that Charles Blow, um, the journalist, mm. um, the brother, he wrote an interesting article that I haven't read all of about, you know, the fears, the valid fears that, you know, the Black community has about, about the, the medical establishment, so to speak. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a complex issue because we have a very real virus out there and we know that vaccines have been our, um, have been our saviors for, for lack of a better word, you know, over the years, you know, when you think of polio and um, some of those other other um, viruses and diseases that have that have, you know, been so devastating um, in our history. You know, vaccines are what, you know, brought yeah, us back, or, yeah. or you know, so you know that we have to recognize that. But at the same time, I think the concern is mostly that, like, let's see. You know, we know we rec recognize that this vaccine was developed very quickly. I don't think any of us, you know. I know I don't know or understand the science. Um, I don't know if it should have taken longer or if it, you know, like I, we really don't know. And I think so most of us are just speaking from, you know, a sense of concern and fear, but that's not really rooted in any science. And, you know, that's not nothing, you know, against us. We, I'm not a scientist, so I shouldn't be expected <laughs> to, right, to right. understand. But I think we just kind of want to see, you know, it feels like we're guinea pigs um, a little bit. And I think everybody just kind of wants to see, see first. I, 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 don't, I haven't met anybody who's completely opposed to taking it ever, ever, ever. I think most people are just like, I want to see, you know, I want to see, I don't want to be the first. I don't want to be among the first to, to take it. And I think that's, that's valid. I think there are also people who are very eager to take it because they just want to get back to living normal living normally and i think we all kind of have that that um feeling as well but you know so not much not much of an opinion no, guess, that's, that's a solid <laughs> opinion and that's that's kind of echoed the sentiments that i've been hearing um i was at work uh, yesterday and last night and, and that was pretty much the consensus is like i ain't taking it first you know let that first but just because you know with the trials it's typically like you can't 
And I've been saying this uh, the whole time. You can't really gauge the long-term effects of it. It's impossible to when they just like made it last month. There's no way to know how and what it's going to do in a year. But uh, Rob, you have any opinions on it? Well, I just saw an article uh, recently and mm -hmm. I saw a video clip from it that essentially said, and if I can find it, I'll post it in the chat. Cool. Um, that the airlines, uh, at least a, a CEO of an airline over in Europe said that their their airline is gonna require people to take the vaccine in order to travel on their airline. And he was saying that this is something that might, he's talked to other CEOs and it's something that might span the entire uh, business of, of airlines. So it feels like there are different ways that people are trying to force us yeah, to yeah, possibly yeah. take it. Like you can't leave unless you take it. Well, what's that about? You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I am very hesitant myself about the vaccine. I have not taken it. And to uh, that point, um, it, it, okay. So at Howard, I'm getting my MFA at Howard and mm -hmm. we, have to get screened right to go on campus you can't right. go on campus unless and, and dave i know you know because you took the test to to help me with my project and right. i yeah. appreciate yeah. that yeah, no problem, um, man. yeah and when i went to howard student health center to mm -hmm. uh, you know get tested they said we have the vaccine available if you want to take it yeah, mm -hmm. Howard has it. <laughs> and, and that was very shocking to me, you know, that why out of all these other places that are struggling to get it and, you know, who want to get it, why does Howard already have it, you yeah. know? But I think Joel said, when, when was this that you... uh About, okay, so the first time I went to get uh, tested, they didn't have it. They didn't have the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And that was in like September. But, you know, in November, just, just for the project, I went again just to cover myself, you know, and they had it. They had it there, man. So. I feel like it wasn't released yet. They might have had something else. They had some, <laughs> they using that Trump vaccine. They had some Clorox and a syringe. They were trying go. to get you. Don't let them get you. <laughs> no. Well, and the, the gentleman who was in front of me, he was also a Howard student. He's like, yo, I already took it. You know, when they asked him, he's like, no, I already took it. So there are people, you know, amongst our population, you know, uh, who are taking it immediately, which, right, you know, right. surprised me too. I was like, no, 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 keep it away from me. Like, I'm good. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so just just to conclude and, and to, to pretty much summarize, I feel like there's going to be a lot of pressure coming from different places, you know, like, okay, so if it starts on airlines, how long until you can't go back to school until your child takes the vaccine or, yeah. or you can't go back to college or, or on campus until you take the vaccine. You can't go back to work right. until you take the vaccine. You know, it's, it's, it looks like it might start going that way. And, and that's, that's very concerning because what, what if I don't want to take it, which I do not, you know, I, I, I'm, I've tested negative twice and I haven't taken it. You know, I, I've stopped taking the flu shot. Yeah, I haven't gotten yeah. the flu, <laughs> you know, so right. I'm just, I'm very cautious of, of cer certain things eating my uh, entering 
you know, my bloodstream and stuff. Now, just having said that, a little joke, you know, I still eat my bacon. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I'm not as hesitant about certain things in right, right. I'm, 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 I'm worried about this vaccine. I am. I'm worried about it. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to take it. Yeah, it's um. I mean, I, I definitely from that aspect, it's, it it starts to get a little eerie. It's like um, how they. I mean, I have heard that um, with certain um, institutions, um, they're working to implement something where if you don't take the vaccine, you would have to just show a negative test to be able to return, say, to work or school. But uh, but like you said, there are places that are taking that hardline stance that are saying, oh, you got to have the vaccine or this or that, which they've done with things like the measles vaccine and things like that, um, you know, for schools and stuff. And I mean, there's um, logic behind it, you know, saying to keep people safe, but also there's the other side of it. Um, like you said, people that just don't want to take it, but also um, you know, people who may have issues with it or worry about what the side effects may be, um, you know, related to it and things of that nature. They always try to get uh, these, um, especially these mass produced uh, vaccines down to like a 0 0.5 or 0 0.1 or something like that in side effects, which is great that that little amount of people get it. But what about that little amount of people? Right. Like, what do they suffer with? You know, heads explode or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, it's, it's, um, like I said, it's just a little unnerving. So I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, the consensus and the way I feel about it is I definitely probably won't be in the first group or the first few groups. Like mm -hmm. I know they do like with computer systems, they do beta testing and they put it out to people, a certain amount of people and let them, uh, you know, work with it for a while because there's no way that any one organization can, um, can uh, uh, anticipate all of the eventualities of how it will be used or how it will affect you know, the people right. that are using it. So that's the way to do it. So I feel like this is kind of like they're, they're putting it out. It's kind of the beta test. And then, you know, uh, when they were working on it, you would hear words like fast track and turbo and stuff. And that's not stuff I want to hear with something that, like Robbie said, is going in my body. I want you to take your time and get it right and do, you know, everything you need to do. So that's just my opinion of the situation. Um, I want to um, move on a little, a little bit here to... Uh, one of the reasons that uh, Joel has joined us today, uh, we want to talk a little bit about this huge news in the sports world. John Wall for Russell Westbrook. It's a huge trade. And, uh, you know, um, there's been a lot of opinions about it. People talking about um, both of the players, how viable they still are, you know, as, as opposed to when they were in their prime and things of that nature. So, um, Joel, can you give us a little bit about, first of all, like with this trade, like like the specifics or anything you find out about it, and then also like your analysis of what you think it'll do for the teams. Now, Robbie, focus and pay attention. She knows a lot more about basketball than probably anybody that I've met. Anyway, I'm just, I like to put it, I like to put pressure on people before they start. <laughs> I really don't care for all that pressure, Dave. Um, I don't even know Robbie, so he may be an expert. Um, and you set me up. I am super excited, as you know, about the trade. I, I absolutely love John Wall, it's, um, especially for his community work in D.C. So he will be very missed. Um, but as you know, Russell Westbrook is one of my favorite players, and he's been for a while. Um, my dad actually, um, a couple birthdays ago, my dad 
um, came to DC to take me to a uh, Wizards OKC game because he knew he knew how much I loved I loved Russell Westbrook. So I'm thrilled to be able to have him in the city and to be able to see him any given any given night when we get back in into um, into the arenas. So I'm excited about that. We all know that Russell Westbrook um, is a is an MVP player uh, and. In comparing him to, to John Wall, um, I would say they're, they're very comparable players, but I think Russell Westbrook is just kind of a little better, a little faster. And so I think um, he will bring a lot to the Wizards. Notably, of course, we haven't seen John Wall for a couple of years because of injury, most recently his Achilles injury. So while losing John, definitely a big loss to the city. And I know that was a tough decision for management to make. We really don't know what John is going to look like, you know, when he comes back from an Achilles um, injury. We know that's one of the worst injuries in basketball, especially for a point guard, right? Especially for that role, you know, very athletic. That's really what John um, has relied upon. So I think they're comparable, but I think we can expect a lot more from Russ. He's been pretty consistent. He had one of his best seasons last year with the Houston Rockets. He played pretty well alongside James Harden. Of course, the um, the pandemic kind of halted everything. So we didn't get to see um, the fullness of, of him in the season. We definitely did get to see them in, in the playoffs. Um, I think he's going to make a huge difference for the Wizards. I think it's going to make Bradley Beal even more of a superstar than he already is. Brad had also one of his best seasons last year. He was top five points per game. Um, I think that might even, I, even though Russell, Russ does shoot a lot, right? So we can expect that he's going to have the ball a lot. Um, Russ draws a lot of attention. He's super fast. So he draws a lot of attention, probably a lot of double teams, which is going to make Bradley Beal open. I think Brad is really a shooter more than anything. So I think that's going to really open him up. Um, and I also think Russ is going to step in as just a leader. He's a veteran right now. He's an MVP um, leader, and he's going to bring that energy to the team. A lot of young guys, um, I can't remember the kid's name um, that we drafted a couple years ago. Um, the Japanese kid, Hach I think it's Hachimuru. Moro, does that sound right? Yeah, I think he's gonna be, he's gonna step up his game. I think this is year three for him. So I think we're really gonna see um, two or three, might be two, two or three. So I think this is where we're gonna see him take off. I think with Russell's leadership, that's gonna, that's gonna be really, really interesting to see. See, I told you, Rob. She was yeah, already yeah. coaching. She was like, he's going to open him up with the double team to get people. <laughs> she should be on ESPN. Giving I told it you, out. yeah. When when you were giving your analysis, Joel, that's that's what it sounded like. I was like, oh, well, did it? You know, you're, you're, you're I watch a lot. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. There you have it. Expert analysis from our own NBA correspondent, Joel Laguerre. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, a few more things I'm gonna talk about before we get into this interview. Um, not much because you know I'm looking forward to talking to my boy, but. Uh, <laughs> But I definitely wanted to uh, touch on a couple of more topics. And I am, yeah, there we go. All right, uh, getting my notes together. You know, I got I keep notes. But anyway, um, so uh, Joel and I talked briefly uh, before the show about this. Let me ask you, Rob, if you saw um, the video of the Dallas uh, restaurant owner of uh, True Kitchen and Cocktails. Uh, the owner's name is Kevin Kelly. And he went on what some are calling a tirade over women twerking in his establishment. Uh, this is an interesting uh, uh, debate going on. First of all, have you have you seen the video, Rob? I, I saw the video. I okay, okay. So, so you got some context. So I'm, I'm 
I'm gonna spit, I'm gonna say my little piece and I'm gonna get you guys' opinion on it. So um like I said, it was interesting to me, not surprising, but interesting that uh, the responses to the video were so polarized and ranging so widely from people who felt, um, you know, uh, marginalized and offended that uh, on one side that a woman felt um, the need to express herself uh, in, in, in that way, in that location uh, by shaking her butt. And uh, on the other side, the people who felt marginalized and offended that the owner had the audacity to publicly chastise customers like that. And so um, uh, I understand to a certain extent both arguments. I think I lean more toward um, uh, my understanding of the business owner's argument. Just because, and it's, t it's tough for me just because, you know, I'm not a woman and I don't know, but, uh, but um, like, you know, I even feel like some of the arguments that I heard about uh, uh, on the side of the women twerking, things like, you know, um, it, they shouldn't have been playing that music if they didn't want us. And that's kind of, to, in my opinion, likened to like, oh, if you don't want niggas to dance, don't play me. It's like, come on, man. This is, even though it was, you know, um, uh, uh, the, the song, Throw That Ass in a Circle, and it's a Dallas song. So in that area, it's like a big song and people react to it a certain way. And from that aspect, I do understand, just from a musical aspect, the, um, the effect that music has on people. Um, I, I was thinking, when I was think, uh, writing this earlier, I was thinking about, like, you know, would it be the same effect if, say, they played, like, gospel music and somebody started, like, doing a praise dance or something? And would that, would it have gotten the same? But, of course, you know, uh, that, to a certain extent, is more socially acceptable. Or is it, you know, than, than twerking? You know, um, but uh, but yeah, so it was interesting to me. And I, I, what I was saying to Joel earlier was I feel like we as a community have an issue with taking admonishment. You know, like uh, when somebody's saying something to, you know, uh, a group of people like, and I, and I liken it to, and I think um, Wes Felton brought up on his page about um, back when, um, uh, Will, when Bill Cosby had did his speech about the black the, the young black guys wearing their pants hanging down and being disrespectful and things and and you know a lot of the stuff that he said had a ring of truth to it but uh, people just really harped on like who does he think he is telling us we can't blah blah, blah and this that and the third as as opposed to you know uh kind of taking it like oh okay i mean that that argument of course doesn't hold much water uh just because of the current situation that bill cosby's in but <laughs> i say all that to say you know um yeah, you guys have both seen the video. Um, I started with Joel the last time, so I'll go to you, Robbie, first. Um, uh, what's your opinion of it? Did you, did you feel like either side was necessarily right or wrong? Well, you know what? I think the way that the owner uh, admonished um, his his customer, I, I think there could be a more tactful way to do that. Um, you can just write a note, have a waiter or waitress, you know, just to talk to her on the side, you know, just perhaps maybe there's a, you know, a different manner of behavior that she could have done if it's not appropriate in his restaurant, right? But don't yell at her. Don't, I mean, he even cursed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's a, a appropriate way to talk to another adult, especially someone you don't know, right? especially someone who is a, a customer at your establishment, they're, they're there because they're enjoying themselves at your place and they're willing to spend money at your place. So 
you have to, I, I believe you have <clears throat> to kind of cater to that a little bit. Treat treat her with respect, even if she's not, uh, her behavior is not appropriate for your, your establishment. But, you know, like I said, just give her a little note. Just have a waiter or waitress go to her and just say, you know, maybe you can act this way or whatever. And to your point, David, you, you brought up music and, and hey, what if it was gospel music as opposed to, you know, this song that, that is real big in Dallas? Well, you know what? That's on the ownership, right? If you're going to play a song that you know that in in Dallas, this is a song that people are going to do this to, right? Like uh, just about every time you play it, I mean, you got to meet people where they are, right? So as opposed to playing that, maybe you could play something a little more lighter, a little more, uh, uh, maybe the cadence of a certain song is more to the, the level that you want in your establishment. There, there is elevator music for elevators, right? There's restaurant music for restaurants. There's gospel music for churches. If you're going to put on party music, then this, you know, twerking is a possible outcome. And, you know, as a, as a owner, that's something you have to prepare for. So I'm, I'm not necessarily upset at the customer at all, you know. If, if the guidelines aren't clear, if you're, you're catering to a certain audience in a certain manner, then even if, you know, we may hold the expectation that if you put on certain music, you, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean people are going to dance to it. But maybe as opposed to us having that expectation of other people, just assume that certain things are a possibility and just prepare for it, you know? So that's that's my opinion on that. I, I side with the customer. Okay. <laughs> you side with the twerker? You side with the twerker? Well, you know, if if it's not clear what the guidelines are in a certain establishment, because if you if you go to many um, brunches, right? And I think that's that's what that was. Yeah. People do dance at brunches. People will drink their mimosas start getting a little tipsy on the mimosas and start twerking. That happens, you know? So if that's not what you want in your establishment, then you have to be very clear on the expectations of your establishment. And perhaps maybe he wasn't. He eventually did, you know, get clear. But again, I don't think the manner in which he did it was appropriate. I don't think you yell at your customers, curse at them or anything like that if you want to keep having customers. <laughs> You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And people were, uh, you know, talking about that, about the 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 um, addition of alcohol to the situation and things like that. But Joe, I know you can't stay too long, so I do want to get your opinion on this uh, situation before you uh, skedaddle on us now. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I, I agree with Robert in that you know expectations are are critical, right? And I think um, the I don't want to say the burden, but the onus on setting the expectations, you know, is the responsibility of the owner. Um, and I think that he he was attempting to do that in the video that I saw. So I didn't see the video of, of the twerking or him um, talking to directly to that individual or that table, but I've heard that he approached them or someone um, on staff approached them not once, but 
um, at least two, two times. That's what I've heard. Um, so I think that was the most appropriate way to handle it. As Robert said, if, if, if not a note speaking to them directly and, and setting an expectation for, you know, if you're going to continue to stay here. Um, I don't like the, the, what I would call, I think is a good word, admonishment. I don't think adults like to be admonished, right? Not, not particularly black people. I don't think adults like to be admonished, you know, that that's, I think that's understandable. Um, and I do think that a lot of the admonishment that is directed at our community comes across as anti-black. Right. I think we have to recognize that a lot of what is seen as professional and, you know, posh is defined by whiteness. And so I think sometimes as black people, we, we do get appropriately a little uncomfortable with, you know, people coming at us um, for for what what we sometimes feel like is just a part of our culture. Um, and and so I won't go into how I feel about sagging pants or twerking or anything like that, but I, I don't have a problem with people say, saying, hey, 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 don't talk to us like we're kids. And I think part of what we heard from that owner, at least part of the video that I saw, just sounded like a principal talking to, you know, students, you know, like, you know, get yourself together. I tried to do something nice for y'all. And, you know, like that, that, yeah. You know, like he, he addressed those people if, my, if I understand correctly, they did leave. And then he directed his frustration to everybody else in the restaurant. I don't think that was necessary, right? At that point, if he understood that, okay, I've, I've dealt with the, the offending party and now moving forward, maybe I need to set a different expectation. Then you go forward and do that on your website, post a sign or change the music to DJ, go forward and do that, right? But, you know, yelling at adults, customers like their kids i think is is where is that that's that's i'm not cool with that i'm not cool with that definitely so. definitely when you said when you said pros aside i immediately pictured like a booty with the circle and the line through <laughs> that's what i pictured as the side i don't know why but uh that's what came to mind so uh so yeah do you have to run I do have to run. Regrettably, I really wanted to hear a little bit more about um, about Robbie, what you're doing, but I will listen to the playback. So. Okay. Good. I really appreciate great to you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for stepping Thank in. You. I appreciate you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. You, you know, you I always like to talk do about like a, a sports show. Like like I said, you know, just listening to you and watching you give your analysis. I mean, Dave's right. You're you're great. You should definitely. Thank uh, you maybe weekly or something that would be great you know i'm not gonna I'm say i told you so <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm a little bit of a scaredy cat but dave has been very encouraging it's definitely something i might consider that's good that's thank good. you all right joe all right, gentlemen, have a good one bye all right man let's uh let's get into this interview brother yes sir yeah man so i want to uh talk to you a little bit about your path because um you know um being the h you see i you see i'm rapping for you oh yeah there you I go you. There i'm you holding go. you down yeah too. yeah definitely definitely you yeah, know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so um so yeah i want to always like to start off by by taking it back a little bit i wanted to ask you um about your past if you think about um little robbie anderson and, uh, you know, I, I remember that dude. I knew that dude. But uh, so do you remember, like, um, when people would ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up? Do you remember what you would tell them? Yeah. Uh, my father brings it up 
a lot of times to me. It's like you said you didn't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, uh, when I when I think about my youth and and you know we we talked about certain people in the past. You know they had the idea of what they want to do immediately, and mm-hmm. you know they go for that. Well. I wasn't built like that, you know, and right. I realized that about myself. I realized, hey, you know, when I was younger, I might have been good at sports, but I was also good at writing. I was also good at painting, you know, I was also good at a lot of different things, you know. So when you're kind of like I was as a youth, kind of all over the place, I mean, mm-hmm. in church, I was on the usher board. Then I, you know, I stayed on the usher board mainly, but, you know, I tried out. Uh, the the church choir the, right, the yeah. choir for a little bit you know you know I, w- I was doing different things just trying to figure out which way to go so in terms of the development of that you yeah. know well <laughs> I'm you know I focused a little more on my writing a little more on my creativity and mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm going right now so I, I hope to to stay on that that line and that path and and so far, it's been it's been working for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, something you said is so uh, so important, and I want to touch on it a little bit because um, in dealing with youth, um, I've I've come across a lot of people, and I know you you've taught, and so um, see if you have also um, a lot of people from school age to even adults uh, nowadays who are really in that phase of not really having an understanding of what they want to do, like having the feeling like they don't really, you know, have that purpose. And that process that you just talked about of going through different things and kind of seeing where you feel like you fit is so important. Um, but but I, I feel like it's kind of lacking. I don't know why um, nowadays it is. But, um, you know, like I said, you, you touched on it a little bit. And that process is so important. Did you see that maybe in your teaching that some people, you know, a lot of people have that? Oh, yeah. So, when when I taught uh, ninth grade history, you know, one of the things I would start out with is I would, we would have the, the projector and I mm-hmm. would ask the students, all right, tell me what school you want to go to for college. So mm-hmm. we, we would just, you know, put, put it on the screen, the requirements of what it takes to get into this school. I okay. said, you know, you said you want to go here. This is what you got to do. You got to have this 3.8. You got to have this 4.0. And mm-hmm. a lot of the schools, you know, were, were non-HBCU, you mm-hmm. know, fr- from the freshman year. And you would look at gradually if the students would, you know, do what they wanted to do to get into the school that they said they wanted to get into freshman year. And, you know, you would look at the progress. And right. a lot of times the students would, you know, tend not to – go to the University of Oregon or Oklahoma, Florida State or wherever. Now, in some cases, they, they definitely would. But, for, uh, you know, the reason why I did that is because of my own personal experience, right? If you're not necessarily clear on what you want to do, then at least know what it would take to get to where you want to be, right? At least know so that you can start making choices going back to my, my own personal experience again, right? Uh, in terms of Howard, I knew I wanted to go to Howard. I knew that, you know? Right, yeah. 
I, I grew up around HBCUs. My, my mother graduated from Virginia State Uni College before mm -hmm. it became a university. Okay, that was um, dope, yeah. My grandmother, Claflin College down in Orangeburg. I have a bunch of family who went to uh, South Carolina State and Benedict and Allen and, and South Carolina, all HBCUs. And on the other side, you know, I have family on, on my father's side in Texas who went to Perryview and Texas mm -hmm. Southern and, and schools like that. So mm -hmm. I, I have that, I have that HBCU in me now. Mm -hmm. My, my uncle, you know, who was a, my mother's uh, brother, who's a South Carolina State graduate, he was trying hard to get me to go to South Carolina State. And okay. I know, you know, uh, Jason in our church, you know, he, yeah. he went to South Carolina State. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Yeah, but I, uh, I did not go. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I knew what I wanted, where I wanted to go. I knew, yeah. Yeah. I knew since uh, eighth grade, I wanted to go to Howard, right? Mm -hmm. So seventh grade it was i'm either going to go to georgetown or howard in eighth grade i was like i'm going to howard and that's it so in in i think when you know what you want to do and 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 you have better outcomes if you make a plan toward that you know yeah. howard was the only only school i applied to i I was I was a little arrogant, you know. But I, I said no, and then what, right? Yeah, yeah, but they didn't, man. That's that's yeah. how you. And sometimes you gotta, uh, you know, ride that arrogance to your success, you know, or that quote unquote arrogance, because it's more just having confidence in yourself. If you don't have that, nobody's gonna have it, you know. Right. And so, you know, to 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 have the audacity to say I'm gonna write a book or I'm gonna, you know, become a filmmaker and things like that you know, is, is uh, you know, uh, uh, something that a lot of times people will shoot those dreams down or have their own, put their own fears and things on it, but you got to have that, that quote unquote arrogance, you know, to, to keep it moving and keep and reaching the achievements that you have, have reached. So um, uh, you answered a couple of things you talked about, because I was going to ask you, you know, uh, how you chose Howard. So you talked about wanting to go there and you, you knew a little earlier than I did, because I think, um, I was still unsure. I had applied to a couple of colleges. I didn't. I wasn't sure I wanted to go to Howard until my senior year. A little college tour, and Howard was one of the places that we went to. And um, honestly, it was more superficial than because it was like when I seen all the women, I was like, "This is where I, this is home. I'm home. This is where I need to be." But uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, uh, and so that's how that went down. But I want to talk to you a little bit about. Um, about the, the classes that you took up there. I read uh, somewhere that um, um, the, one of the creative writing classes that you took was taught right. by uh, uh, one of our great American literature, you know, uh, literary uh, greats, um, uh, E.R. Braithwaite. Am I saying yeah, it right? Yeah, Professor Braithwaite. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry if there's a bunch of noise all around me, Dave. Is it, oh, you good. You sound good. Okay, you sound, good. Yeah, you coming so, up clear. Yeah, that was that was kind of spontaneous because it was, you know, it was an elective course because my minor my minor was uh, well at that sophomore year I didn't technically have a minor. Right, right. You don't <laughs> it, think about it. Journalism, but then I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. Right, I was right. moving toward film, but my major was political science. Okay, so I, probably so. Yeah, so I didn't need to take it, but like I said, I. I it's been a slow, gradual movement toward my creative side, but right. you know that was one of the the classes that I started kind of dabbling in to move, and I, I didn't know anything about Professor Braithwaite. 
Mm-hmm. Where I took his class, you know, but then I started researching more about him, and I'm like, oh wow, you're you're like a big deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right. <laughs> but you know, he was he was older then. He was like in his 80s or whatnot mm-hmm. at Howard teaching us, and he would talk about. And I was in that class with uh, uh, the creator of uh, what is it called, Black Love. Um, oh, okay. Cody, Cody, Elaine Brooks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yes. That, that show, uh, uh, I think it comes on, uh, uh, either TV one or, or Oprah Winfrey's own one of those. Okay. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Yeah. 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 But you know, Professor Brayford, I got a B in that class. Okay. I deserved an A. Okay. <laughs> he, he straight up told me, he told me straight up. He's mm-hmm. like, he, he's. Not to toot my own horn, but right, but he right. said like you're the best writer in here, but I'm not giving you an A. And I said why? Like I'm, right. I'm on an A. He's like I'm not giving you an A because the best stuff that you'll write, you haven't written in this class. So mm-hmm. I'm, he's like I'm not giving you an A. Like all right, yeah. cool. I understand. He's like you know in the future if I keep writing, you know, and Professor Braithwaite, he he lived. Uh, right, right up. What is that? Uh, is that Connecticut? Yeah, Connecticut. Okay. Off of, right across, across from uh the zoo. Oh wow, wow, that's a nice area. Yeah. Tell me, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. he, uh, I, I mailed him the the copy of my book and the the first copy, mm-hmm. and he edited it and he called me. And he said, you know, uh, I want to meet with you. So we met across mm-hmm. from. Starbucks, and this is after graduation. Right, right. He left Howard, you know. This was maybe a year or so after Howard, and, and mm-hmm. what three three years after I took his class, and he said he read it, and he said he liked aspects of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gave me a lot of suggestions, though. He gave me a lot of suggestions. So. Okay. I appreciated that you know he was he was available, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, very famous uh he wrote to serve with love and right he was you know sydney poitier acted in that movie yeah and he 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 would always say they didn't need a script for his his for the movie because he wrote the book so well so they didn't need it <laughs> like okay professor Brady. right 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 <laughs> you know just just as accomplished as he is you know yeah. coming from guyana he's he's born in guyana raised okay. there he served in the uh, the British military during World War II, and wow. you know, he talked about some of those experiences. You know, some of the things he saw. He saw limbs, <clears throat> and, you know, all types of stuff mm-hmm. in World War II, and just constantly going forward in his life. Just he said, you know, whatever you do, do it well. You right. know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and he lived a long time. He lived, to, I, I think, a hundred and two. Wow. Years, maybe longer so he yeah. he just passed away a few years ago so wow yeah yeah that's an amazing story man there's a couple of little things that you touched on in there that i'm trying to hold on to to ask out the questions the main thing is just like um having somebody like that who's proven whose skills and ability are proven and i mean whether there's truth to the you know i wrote the script i wrote the book so well they didn't need the script regardless it became this huge thing and it's yeah. something that came from his brain you know so to have somebody 
um, with that skill set and that proven ability to see enough venue to not just read the book and say, hey, good job, and say, I want to meet with you and give you pointers and be like, yo, this is good. This is how you can make it great. That's so dope, bro. Like, man, I don't know. Like, Well, I I find inspiration from different sources, you know, different people. I mean, Dave, you definitely inspire me too. I I see your consistency. You know, you're very consistent. You've you've been doing the the podcast shows for years now. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. You're getting over the hump. Now you're doing neighborhood-ish. Yeah, yeah. On and on and on. I mean, that's that's something I definitely respect that you do and, and... that's no, I appreciate, you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i definitely appreciate your consistency and you know it inspires me you know definitely. hey keep going keep going don't give up you know yeah so, well i appreciate that man it means a yeah. lot coming from you but um so uh i wanted to ask you about since you, you mentioned the book uh, i wanted to ask you a little bit about it so um like i said in, in my opinion it's, it's um uh, a, a great piece of american literature like i've, I've read it um uh, thank you more than once and uh it's interesting. i want to know like so um how much of the stories in it are based on real stories and how much was stuff it's that fiction, you just created it's, it's all fiction <laughs> is it, so is it fiction like I, best I always, man fiction i always say that i always say that okay. you know, we all have a little bit of ourselves in in what we do you know right. when, when you're rapping you know you can definitely hear some of the experiences in, in your life you know when, when I'm writing, you know, some of the experiences in my life are in there, but, you know, we, we have imaginations too. So right. I, uh, like, like I said, it's a, it's a fictional novel and okay. I, you know, this, this is the first, uh, the first version, the first version. Right. And I'm glad that you have one in, in the signed copy, you know, I'm, I'm glad you have it. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, there it is, there it is. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it was one of those things because I, I self-published it when I was working, when I was, when I was teaching in Prince George's County Public Schools and, right. you know, just saving up my little teaching checks to get it done. And That's dope. You know, just like we talked about being consistent and moving forward. So I have mm-hmm. other stories that I've written. I just have to get them out there and publish them and see how they do. But right. You know, it's it's it was a journey because yeah, it was my yeah. first one, and I edited it for like seven years after I wrote it. You know, and that's you know that's definitely understandable. Like with anything that comes from you, you want to give it that amount of attention. Of course, you um in the process you pick up things along the way that'll make that next time you do that process go that much more quicker. But your first time, I remember I like. So. You say what? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember uh, Jay Z has said, you know, your first album, and and I liken that to any first, your first movie, your first book, your first anything is gonna be your, you know, your piece de resistance, just because it's like your, um, you know, that's the culmination of all of your years of before you got there and everything you've learned and everything you put into it, and then right. once you, you know, drop it, then you have other, you know, means of doing things and stuff, but this is the first one that's going to be all the stuff that built up inside of you. So you touched on it a little bit, but um, you're giving me great segues. I appreciate you because I wanted to talk about a little bit about the fact like writing a book, um, especially one this involved is, 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 is such a um, such a deep process like that you go through and it's definitely uh, time consuming. It's a labor of love at times. 
Uh, can you uh, talk a little bit about, so you said uh, seven years of editing. So from inception to the, the finished product that you have, like what was that time like? Gotcha. So, all right. So graduating from Howard, you know, mm -hmm. I had this story on my brain and mm -hmm. at the time, you know, I moved back into my parents' house right after mm -hmm. graduation and you know, my my mother, I told my parents, my mother and father, I wanted to, I wanted to, I want to write this book. And my mother, Rosa Anderson, she went and bought uh, this Dell computer so that I could write it. So you know, I definitely appreciate her. You know, that that was essentially the start. So you know, I I write often anyway. I'm always writing notes and things like that. I just I have papers all, all over the place. And I just started putting things together. You know, I just started sitting at that computer and writing. And eventually I had a, a novel <laughs> and I, you know, I showed it to my parents and they gave their, their edits <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, then I, I showed it to uh, Professor Braithwaite. Then I showed it to um, uh, the, the young woman who edited it for me. Uh, Deborah Meadows, uh, her, her artist name is, is Jay Lyrical. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just kept, I, I used their advice, but I also, I had things that I wanted to add and things I wanted to subtract. And yeah. I tried to, I modified some of the things as I grew, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I said, seven years. So that that's experience, time, things like that. So. Right. After the, the final edits, you know, I, at that time I was teaching, I think it was, uh, I think I, I finally finished editing it for real, for real in 2015, but okay. I have in the book 2011 or 2012, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I still added and took away little touches and things right, like that. Right. But, you know, saving up the money and then, working with uh michael joaquin thomas he i i drew the cover you know i drew it and you know i'm 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 not that great at drawing <laughs> but you know his creativity on the 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 cover with his graphic design skills and his artistic skills and just moving forward and, and like i said saving up the money publishing it you know that for me that was a, a good experience because right, yeah. If you can do that, you can do other things as well. And exactly. you know, exactly. I, I want to move forward to saving up and making independent movies. And I, you know, I have a a lot of people want to go to Hollywood or go to this publisher or this and that and the other. But my mentality, you know, is, in terms of that business aspect of it, or in order to move forward, mm -hmm. is very independent. You know, I. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I self-published my, my book, you know, and I just, I feel like I can do certain things on my own and, and with the help of people like yourself, you know, people who are around me yeah. to, to help move forward, you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I feel like I can help them move forward as well. You know, I, I feel like it, it, it can be a balance. I mean, right. one of the things that, that I put in the book, I, I definitely put a scene with you in the book you know, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I read that one a couple of times. I had to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when when I found out that this is something that you did at Howard and, and then I started learning 
more about your process, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is necessary. This has to be here because yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of of moving forward, you know, you see people like, for example, you mentioned Jay Z. Well, he started, you know, independently. You know, right, he, he yeah. talks about taking his his uh, CDs and um to different record companies and you know different radio stations as well and you know them just, they're just tossing it you yeah, know like yeah, yeah. And, and people consider him now the the greatest rapper of all time right but right. look look where he started he started very yeah, independently started. on his own moving forward you look at uh people like tyler perry we talk about talking about film tyler perry mm-hmm. Very independent, you know. Saved up his money, put on his his first show down in Atlanta. He said nobody came. Right? <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And then he he uh, he continued the process. He worked odd jobs, lived in his car, saved his money, and put on another show. And eventually, someone yeah. who was capable of taking his show on the road uh, helped him do that. You know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. He, he made it outside of. The traditional system right he made it outside right. of you know everyone wants to go here to make it go there to make it but I, and i think you said this quote as well the grass is green where you water it you know yeah, so yeah definitely i think uh you know in terms of of the plan that i have i think uh just have to keep going forward and, and yeah, that's yeah. why i definitely appreciate it and 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 respect your, your consistency, you know, because oh, you just got to keep going forward, you know, you just yeah. got to, because you never know what can happen, but if you yeah. don't do anything, then nothing's going to happen. Exactly, you get out what you put in, and uh, definitely, like, um, you know, if you have a plan and a process that you work in, I always say stick to it, you know, um, if it's set to do something and garner certain results, it may not happen in the time frame that you're looking for it to happen, but nine times out of ten, as long as you don't give up, you'll be able to tailor it better as you go along. Like, you know, um, like you said with the book, how, you know, over the time you learn different stuff and maybe change different things. So, and, and that's the same thing with your plan. But I mean, as long as it's the same, uh, you, you're working toward the same outcome. There's no way that if you stay on it, you won't eventually reach it, you know, or, or get some semblance of gratification from it. So uh, so sticking with the process of, of, of creating the book, um, what are some of the biggest obstacles that you found like in the process like uh you know things that you had to face and kind of overcome well okay so when i was attempting to get it printed Hmm. right i would go to these publishers you know uh printers you know they have these warehouses outside of baltimore or outside of annapolis and where Hmm. i finally got it printed was in in odington maryland uh, right at actually the is interesting the 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 street where I got it printed there's a is called Anderson's Crossing so, wow. yeah yeah it's very what a coincidence huh yeah crazy right I, yeah, I didn't even yeah. know that until I, I'm looking at the map driving like oh okay mm-hmm. and and to to talk about some of the prior experiences mm-hmm. People will try to hustle you, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, They'll try yeah. to hustle you. So, you know, I had one guy, he said, all right, well, you know, if you pay $15 each time somebody wants to buy it, he'll print it, but he'll print it for $15. I'm like, 
I'm only selling it for 20 something. Like, hold up. Right, right, right. So, and when I started doing the math, I'm like, yo, you're, you're trying to overcharge me mm-hmm. for something that we already prior, you know, uh, had an agreement where it was only supposed to be like five to seven dollars of printing. So, right. you know, they'll try to, they'll try to, you know, Jedi mind trick you out here, mm-hmm. man. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, nah, give me, give me, give me what I, what we already, you know, talked about. So then he said, well, I, I can't do it. Sorry. Like, wow. wow. You already yeah. said you could. So right, you know, right. I guess he thought he could hustle me. And then, you know, you talk to these folks and, you know, other, other printers and, you know, they're like, oh yeah, we can do it and we'll do it for this, that, but it's, something will come up when they realize that you're not trying to be hustled you know you're, right you're yeah yeah want to let them scam you you know right. they're yeah. going to keep trying so that was that was one of the the most complicated parts of it it's like i have everything that we agreed upon and now you think you can hustle me because you're, you're meeting me Maybe you're seeing my face for the first time, you know. Right, right, yeah. You know, you 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 have an impression of what I am, but you know, I'm not that. So right, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. just gonna walk away, go somewhere else. Yeah, you know, yeah. Stick to my price point, you know. Yeah. That's what I finally got, you know. That's that's good. Yeah, if you stick to it, and I mean, I think it's so important what you mentioned is not, you know, knowing uh, it's picking your battles. It's knowing when it's time to stand and fight and say, I'm approved to this person and I'm not that, or let them have the idea of me. Let me go over here and do something with people who understand who I am, understand my welfare. And that, that you know, is something that takes time to come. It's, it's, it's a, a level of wisdom that takes time to come upon. And, um, you know, but once you get it and you have an understanding of your worth and, and the worth of your art, of your skill, because um, I think what you said is prevalent in a lot of industries where there are so many people out there that know that they are hungry people who have this thing inside of them that they want to get out, that they want to share with the world so passionately that they're not necessarily as up on the business side of it. So they'll make these bad deals, they'll sign these bad contracts, you know, to, to just to, to feel like they've, you know, um, accomplished something. And even that, that, that need for that feeling of accomplishment puts them even more in a position to, to make bad deals and things. But if you just, you know, take your time, be patient, be focused, and, and understand that a lot of people are trying to scam you, like you said, as opposed to help you, you know, um, nine times out of 10, you'll come out, you know, on the better side of that. So a lot, uh, of, like a lot of scammers out here, Dave. Definitely, definitely. So um, uh, that's an awesome lesson, but I want to talk, uh, hear from you. Um, What's the what do you think is the biggest lesson you learned from the process of making of, of creating your your book? Well, you know, one of the lessons that, that I learned is that it's okay to take your time and you know mm-hmm. I think sometimes people have this uh impression that things need to happen immediately. Things need to to speed up, get this done, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I understand that, but it's about, you know, the path that you're on and it's about God's plan for you and all of those things. Because the if I had put out what, you know, my, my original 2006 version, I don't know if that would have been the best representation of, right. you know, me and, and what I wanted to put out there. That was my 2005, 2000 
2006, you know, 21, 22 year old mind. Right. But, right. you know, I don't know. And, and, and when we when we think about certain things, you know, a lot of the rap music that, that is very popular now is, is a lot of youth, right? A lot right. of young yeah. that yeah. maybe, and, and you hear Jay-Z talk about it, you know, in terms of he doesn't want, you know, certain things for his daughter, right? But maybe, you know, when he was 25 and 26, he wasn't thinking about some of the things that he put out there and how it might reflect upon, you know, our, our culture and women right. and so right. forth and so on. So again, you know, if I had put some of those things out there in the book, when, you know, in my young 21, 22 year old mind, maybe it wouldn't have been the best representation. And, you know, that was that was something that, you know, the, the more I, I, the older I got, the more conscious of it I, mm. I became. So, you know, it, it's good to, for people to see a, a transformation, you know, right. that's okay. But I think that it's also okay to, put your best foot forward and maybe sometimes it's going to take time, right. you know, for yeah. you to put your best foot forward. I mean, maybe you don't even know, you know, yeah. you know, which one is your best foot, right, right, right. And, you know, your, your lagging foot and this, right. that and exactly. so on. So it's, it's all right to, to, to grow and take time as well. So that's, yeah. that's also a lesson that I learned. Just trust the process, trust yeah. the process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that 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 um time and uh, taking that time to really um grow into the artist that you will be, you know, as opposed to being in a rush. Like I say, everything, uh, especially these days, is so much more based around instant gratification that it's hard to find. That it it, it shows in the lack of quality in a lot of the things that we you know for, uh, that we consume uh, these days. So when you, but when you take your time and do it right, those things are typically held at a higher regard, you know? And so, so it's worth doing definitely. So, um, I definitely see, uh, the connection between like, uh, writing a book and, uh, and filmmaking, but can you talk a little bit about like how that, or how that uh, transition of your mindset, or is it necessarily a transition or what brought about the idea to, to, to move toward film? All right. Well, you know, when I was at Howard, I, okay, so first my minor was journalism. We talked about that, but, you know, I, I, I wanted to create, you know, I wanted to create. I didn't necessarily want to, you know, document what all these other creators were doing. I want to be a creator myself. So right. I started moving toward film and, and cinematography and in, in my minor, right? I said, let me just finish this poli side major, let's just finish this degree, but let me start dabbling a little bit, right? right. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the guys I started hanging around after graduation and, and, and even before, you know, a lot of them went to Howard mm -hmm. and they all started wanting to make movies as well. So, you know, that kind of pushed it forward a little bit as well. Um, but in terms of the transition, like when I write, I see, I see the images. I see how everything should look, right? Mm -hmm. So, as opposed to just leaving it on, you know, in, in a novel, mm -hmm. I would love to have people actually see at least my interpretation as well of some of those things that that I write. So, you know, when I started writing scripts, 
it wasn't well <laughs> that it depends on who who's you know editing and reading the script right because i'm in a script writing class now and you know the script writing teacher she doesn't like a bunch of black ink on the paper she's like just keep it simple on the paper now during uh during uh my time at howard in the mfa program barry jenkins he he did a zoom meeting with all of us and he said he loves to write all of this stuff on the paper. He loves mm -hmm. to write it out. And, you know, Quentin Tarantino, he says that as well. He yeah. writes, he essentially writes his scripts like a book. And, mm -hmm. you know, I I want to do that, you know, maybe mm -hmm. not in the classes that I'm in, but outside of the classes, yeah, you know, I'm going to write my style, how I think right. would, would, you know, best interpret my, my vision. Right. And I think that, you know, it's not that difficult of a transition, in my opinion, right. when, when you know, you're, you're doing your best to describe what your vision is in a novel. Well, you want, in my opinion, you want your actors and your actresses and your crew to have as much information as they possibly can to uh, uh, create your vision as well. So, you know, the, the the transition I don't think is that that difficult of one in mm. in terms of writing now maybe technical right mm. some of the areas that I need to improve in cinematography right that's one of the main ones uh, that's something I'm working on the technical aspect but in terms of the writing I, I don't think that uh, the transition is that difficult right yeah yeah, I agree. Like I said, I definitely see the connection, but uh, I appreciate you breaking it down, um, you know, uh, for people who may not uh, be as privy to that side of creativity and th things of that nature. So um, like you like you mentioned already, I worked with you uh, recently um, on your uh, one of your projects. And I noticed like, you know, as, as a filmmaker in that creative process is very um, present and detail oriented you know, in, in everything, every shot and every angle and things of that nature. Is is that something that you uh, have learned through the class or is that something that's always been? Uh... Well, so, you know, before I took any of the classes, you know, like I, like I have the vision of what it's supposed to look like anyway. Now, just just to give a, a prior uh, use uh, example, the, um, the, the cover of the book, right? right. Now, I, you know, I can draw something out, right, there you go, you know, I can draw it out, but in order for it, for me to get it to look a certain way, I might need the help of an artist, right? Right, yeah. Someone who understands how to turn these stick figures into, you know, right, so right. with film, so far that's been my experience as well, right? I can... Mm -hmm draw all of these, you know, scenes, I can, you know, stick figures, and this is how it's supposed to look, but it's good for at least one of the reasons why I went back to film school. Let's, let's assume that I might not be able to get that person to, you know, help me out in that technical manner, right? right. Who, you know, I might not be able to get the person who understands lighting, who understands depth of field, who understands how to use the lighting and the aperture and this and that. So 
that's stuff that I need to know, you know, so that, hey, if I can't get you to do it, I can do it, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one of the reasons I went back. And that's something that I feel, you know, is important for me to know as I move forward in the in the filmmaking process. And that, you know, with with the class, that was the final project. And, you know, the professor was there. You saw very quiet for the most part. Right, he didn't want to be there. Well, yeah, <laughs> I kind of, yeah. I kind of forced that issue, like, okay, you know. But I felt that, you know, this was at least let me have these tools to do the best that I can do. You know, right, right, right. If, if we have a studio, then, you know, we're using it for class. How about for the project to help right, me right. to put out the best product that I possibly can, at least at this point of time in, in my my early cinema, cinema cinematography career. So right, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so but uh so uh the goal though um is is to direct, right? And to write and direct, like move Well, the goal for me, the goal is to be proficient or advanced in film in order to write, in order to direct, in order to create in order to produce films on an independent level Mm -hmm. that may be able to, you know, provide enough for, for, you know, enough income to live. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. So that, that's the goal. I, I, just to be the best at, at, you know, what, what I'm I'm trying to do, you know, just great films. So that's, that's the goal. And, you know whether whether that gets recognized or or not i think the journey matters and i think that you know just just stepping out there and doing it like like the feeling i felt you know when i completed the novel mm-hmm. was was a great feeling like you mm-hmm. know from typing downstairs in my mom and dad's basement on this dell computer my mom bought me to being able to hand them a, a completed book and yeah, yeah. going around and selling the book and you know I, I went to different bookstores from Iverson Mall to up in Baltimore all over mm-hmm. you know the DMV area Sankofa actually selling my book you, yeah. you can go to some of these bookstores right now my book's there you know yeah, so this yeah. is uh, this film journey um, and it's not just for one film this is because I have a lot of story ideas I have Right. A lot of uh, objectives I want to accomplish with that. So I hope that this journey will, will last a lifetime. And I hope that I'll be able to, again, have an income based upon it, you know, right, right, not yeah. be a struggling artist forever, but you right, know, right, right. I, whatever the outcome is, at least I can say that I stepped outside of this box that mm-hmm. maybe I was in, you know, I stepped outside of it to become a better version of myself to become this creator that I believe that that God has given me an ability to to do. So yeah, man, yeah, and that um, you know, I, I have I interview um a lot of people uh, who take those kind of leaps, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who start their own businesses, or who um do things like pursuing things like acting, like music, like comedy, things like that. And I always say that that um. Just, just having the, uh, you know, uh, the wherewithal and the, the courage to step out there, in my eyes, makes makes people a superhero. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's so dope 
that you, you know, because there's such a, um, a, a beaten path, there's such a cut course for us, you know, we see our parents do, we see our parents work and, you know, and a lot of times, um, a lot of people, you know, you see your parents go to work and do jobs that they don't really like doing, they don't thoroughly enjoy, but they do out of a sense of responsibility or just need to, you know, to have and live comfortably. And, um, you know, it's it's a good example of hard work and the, the things that it can do, but it's also, um, there's another way. You can actually, I mention this a lot, uh, Dick Clark had a quote where he said, the key to happiness is finding out, finding out what you love to do, finding a way to monetize it and finding someone to share it all with, you know, and, and that's, you know, um, just trying to get people to understand that you can actually love have have something that you really love and that goes back to what we talked about earlier taking the time to actually find out what that thing is and finding out how to monetize it you know um as opposed to just working just to be working and i'm not not knocking working in any way i'm working two jobs right now but um you know and i mean money is necessary yeah yeah and i mean but let it feed what you love you know what i'm saying because ultimately you know you need to be putting time and energy into what you love and and that's not always an easy thing or it's not always a comfortable or safe thing. But, you know, I commend you for having the courage to step out there and, and pursue it. And, and the, you know, that's what separates the people from succeed, who succeed from the people who don't. It's just having the courage to stay on the path. You know, a lot of times having the courage to stay on the path and, and, and being in that, uh, on that path enough where you give yourself the opportunity to have the big breaks that are necessary to really to really um, proliferate your career. So it's I, I look at it like this, Dave. I look at it like this. I think, so let's say that, you know, we never reached that level of fame or accomplishment or whatever that other people have reached, right? Well, one day you'll be able to show your son or your daughter and your, your wife, you'll be able to say, well, you know what? Look what I've done. You know what I'm saying? Look yeah, at the legacy yeah. that I'm leaving. I'm leaving this level exactly. of creativity. I'm leaving this level of accomplishment for maybe if you all want to pick it up. But if you yeah, don't, yeah. at least you know you got this in you. You know, yeah, yeah, this exactly. is something that you can right. do. Right, and your right. father did this, and this is this is a route for you. And you see so many people, so many people who kind of go the similar paths of what their parents did in the creative world, right? Right. Just the other night, <clears throat> I went to uh, uh, see a reissuing of Francis Ford Coppola and Mario Puzo's uh, The Godfather 3, right? Okay. Now, he just rearranged some scenes and, you know, the ending. Mm. Mike didn't die at the ending. He just he's just old and in in the chair. He didn't fall over. No, okay. No, okay. no big deal, right? I, right? I thought it was gonna be something completely different. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. yeah. look like a little money scam, but right. hey, <laughs> they do that from time to time too. Yeah, so. like hey, coronavirus is, is is hitting right now. Let's see if we can get some money right fast. Yeah, you know? Right, exactly. Um, but the reason why I brought it up is his daughter Sophia Coppola was in the film acting. Mm -hmm. And she's a director right now. Right, you know? right. So even, even in the Howard Film Program, actually the gentleman who founded the Howard Masters of Fine Arts and Film Program, Holly Garema, his son, uh, uh, Marwin, I believe is his name, Garema, he's a filmmaker. We had to watch his film mm -hmm. in, in the program, you know? Yeah, yeah. So at least 
even if if you know even if Super Dave isn't this universally famous rapper, which I still think one day you're going to be, but but <laughs> even if you know Robbie Anderson is is never this universally known writer director, which I still feel one day I'm going to be, but even yeah, if yeah. at least it's been accomplished that we did something and, and we can show our kids one day, hey, you can do this too. If, yeah, if you want yeah. to, I can help you. I can help you move forward, you know, but just know this is a part of you. Right, so right, right. I think that, you know, legacy, I mean, I think it matters, you know? Yeah, yeah. And just how much uh, you talked about the importance of the journey and understanding, you know, what that is and how much it adds to your 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 you know scope of knowledge your frame of reference how many things you know going on this journey has taught you and showed you that you wouldn't see any other way it's, it's so right. dope and I you know I attribute it you know a lot to the, these things that we that we pursue um I wanted to talk a little bit uh about um you touched on uh earlier talking about your process and writing how you know like you said your mom bought you that Dell computer and uh, so that you can start writing and uh, how important it is uh, and how uh, integral to the whole process of, of um, cultivating your creativity it is to have the support of your parents. And I say that because I think about, you know, um, any endeavor that I ever wanted to go into, whether it was the acting or, you know, um, rapping or, you know, music production, anything, you know, I always had like the full support of my parents and I appreciate them so much for that uh, to the point of, you know, really trying to cultivate these, these um, you know, these gifts within me. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's so important that parents uh, understand and see that kind of stuff and, you know, not uh, stifle their kids uh, when it comes to stuff like that, even though you want to, and it comes from a place of love. I definitely understand you don't, because, you know, um, these this pursuit uh, is definitely a labor of love. It's something that, you know, it can take a lot out of you and it's chewed a lot of people up and spit them out. Uh, and, and some of them not 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 better for the process and things yeah. like that. So you see that and it's a scary thing. So when you think about somebody you love as much as your child, I definitely understand them, you know, having those fears and even if unbeknownst to them, you know, um, projecting those fears onto you, onto, you know, the child or the person, but to have parents that, in, in spite of all that, still go out and get you that Dale computer, yo, that's so dope, bro. Like, yeah, shout out to yeah. your mother, yo, that's so dope. Yeah, yeah, you know, our, our parents, you know, they're, they're definitely supportive of us. You know, I know Mr. Johnson and your family, yeah. definitely supportive. My mom, my family, very supportive. You know, mm -hmm. we, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and and to your point, you know, I know sometimes our parents worry, you know, they're yeah, like, yeah. look, you need to do this, you need to do that, right? right. But at yeah. the same time, like you said, they overcome those fears to help you move forward, you know? Yeah. And when when you see that, you, you want to move forward, you want to show them something to, to not let them down as well, you know? Because, because whether we realize it or not, we're, we're not in it alone. You yeah, know, we're not yeah, in it alone. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I remember in in Mount Horeb, you know, mm -hmm. I think my mother, because I started saying, oh, I'm working on a book. And then I think my parents started telling people, right, oh, yeah, he's yeah. writing a book, you know. 
So <laughs> it, it, it took a while for the book to be published. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> but, you know, there's 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 evidence that there was a yeah, book. Yeah, there was a thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, they, they like to have something to tell people too, oh, you yeah. know, because they get around with the other parents. Like, oh, what's your kid doing? Because yeah, I went to the yeah. same thing with, you know, uh, the different endeavors and my mother's so supportive and so happy she'd be like oh he's doing this and doing that and everybody's like well, i ain't seen nothing you know and so, yeah, right you know, that's, like that's you, what they're thinking right right yeah but you have these uh, you know we're lucky enough to have these little pieces of uh you know things that are documented you know yeah. to say that we actually made some moves and uh and uh, like you said man i believe it's just you know the beginning both got a lot more to come i'm really interested you know knowing that you're going into uh filmmaking and uh, and you've been writing, of course, and uh, and doing some collaborative stuff. Like, man, I got some ideas that I want to. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about, you know. But I just, you know, we'll we'll, we'll definitely make it happen. We'll definitely yeah, make it happen. yeah, yeah. We've already started. We have so. ideas. We have definitely cool ideas. We have. We we'll, we'll make it happen. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're hundred percent, man. Just, just like right there. <laughs> right. Yep. So, so I want to, uh, you know, there's questions that I always ask everybody uh, that comes on here. And I want to ask you, I always uh, enjoy the answers because it's always usually, you know, uh, you know, a result of introspection and th uh, things like that. Um, the first one is, if you had an opportunity, if you could get into a time machine and go back in time and talk to, let's say, 12-year-old Robbie Anderson, <laughs> being through everything you've been through now, knowing everything you know, all the wisdom you've gained, is there anything you would say to him uh, or, or tell him? What would that conversation be like? Honestly, you know, I've thought of this, and I don't know because, okay, so 12-year-old me, you know, I was, you know, 12-year-old me, I was playing basketball and football, you know, middle school and boys and girls club. I was, you know, trying to figure out things about girls and, right, you know, right. yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But in terms of what I would tell me as a youth, I don't know if I would tell myself much, you know, right, because... Right. A lot of the experiences that I've had have shaped me. Right, and, right. you know, I, so if I told myself, if I said, all right, focus on being this or focus on being that, you know, what if I had done that and would have never even stepped outside of certain boxes? Right. That right. I mean, you know? Yeah. yeah. What if I had said, all right, you're going to stay on the, the political science path and then go to law school and then become a lawyer and then, well, I probably would have never written any books. You right, know, I, I right. probably would have never even tried to do anything in film, you know, and, and I think that that's more where I'm supposed to be going anyway. Right, right. And I think that a lot of the experiences that I've had have shown me that. So if point, I had yeah. told my, my younger self some of these things, then I might have been messing up my future a little bit. Like, right. dang, well, you know, what could have happened if I had done, you know, if I had shot one film? Or what could have happened if I had written one book? Or what, what could have happened if I had tried one song, you know? Right, yeah. I, you yeah. know, these are things that I, I probably would have been thinking my entire life. Yeah. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So as opposed to telling myself to focus more on this or that, just, you know, trust the process, you know? Maybe that's what I, I would have told myself, like, you yeah, know, just yeah. trust the process, believe in God, believe in yourself, and, and you know, trust God's plan for your life. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's dope. And, you know, I'm uh, coming across more people uh, maybe over the last month or two who have had that, that sentiment of, you know, everything happened exactly how it was supposed to happen, and I don't think I would change much of anything, if anything maybe small notes here and there, but, um, but yeah, like you said, the, the, it's the culmination of those experiences that brought you to this point. And so, yeah, that's dope, man. Um, uh, the, the other question that I usually ask is, um, you know, there are people out there looking to, uh, first of all, find that thing that they love. And then also once they realize it may be filmmaking or maybe, you know, writing, um, or they may have even like, uh, not even to that point, but just have a story in their mind that they want to get out. Um, uh, people um, looking to accomplish some of the things that you have been able to accomplish. Like what kind of advice would you give a person in, in that position? Gotcha. Well, I think it's important to listen to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And this is something that I didn't necessarily do as much earlier on in my life, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you feel comfortable in certain situation, maybe pay attention to why you might feel comfortable in certain situations. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel comfortable in certain situations, pay attention to why you don't feel comfortable. You know, okay. so just to give two examples, mm -hmm. if you're hanging out with folks who, you know, maybe you're always kind of on edge mm -hmm. when you're around them, maybe you don't need to hang out with them so you don't mm -hmm. feel on edge. Maybe you need to create some distance. Uh, right, right, another right. example, uh, we just talked about uh, film and, and me uh, going to the theater just a few nights ago during coronavirus. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I noticed that. I, you know, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, I, I for years, I, I was always in a theater, always in a movie theater. Me too. You know, yeah. just, or I would just buy DVDs or search for, I mean, uh, we talked about Barry Jenkins earlier in our discussion. Well, mm -hmm. I bought his back in 2010, I think, mm -hmm. or 2009 might have been. I found his DVD for his first feature, Medicine for Melancholy. Now it's on it's on YouTube. Okay. But I bought it and, you know, I lost it or, or, or someone never gave it back or whatever. So I, went, yeah. <laughs> so I went and bought it again, you know, mm -hmm. like. I had to start listening to myself. And now, obviously, is his film, Moonlight, won Best Picture, uh, I think 2007. But, mm -hmm. you know, I would start to listen to myself. Like, maybe you really do like film. You know, maybe right. this is something that you, you can do. You know, you're, you're, you think about it a lot, Rob. Like, maybe you need to start to go that way a little more. You, you're thinking about it now. You're at work. You're right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. About work, like right, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. you're you're drawing this this cover for this book, right? When you probably should be graded papers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe maybe you need to to focus on writing more. Maybe you need to focus on film more. Maybe you need to go this other route. Right. That's 
where I'm supposed to be. So my advice, if you're trying to figure out who you are or what route to go, you need to listen to you. I think God gives us all intuition. I think God gives us this internal voice. You know, I, I think that is God talking to us, you mm -hmm. know. So just listen to that and trust the process, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring, yeah, bring it right back to trust that process. But yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment, man. I've talked about um, on a number of occasions that that connection with that voice, you know, whether people call it intuition or God or, uh, or you know, and whatever they, you know, whatever label they put on it, it's something that's so prevalent in us, but a lot of people have lost that connection with it. So even to the point where like it's certain times you'll be about to go somewhere and something in you'll be like, man, maybe I shouldn't go to this oh, yeah. place, you know, or, or, or you trying to figure out whether you should do something and something in you is like, man, you need to go do that. You know, is it these little things that we had this connection with everything, you know, that, uh, that we need to sometimes be patient and listen to and get more in contact with. So I definitely, you know, that, that, that portion of what you were saying really spoke to me and I appreciate that. We're just talking about that, right? I, yeah. I'm, I'm in this rental car. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Because, you know, two students in the program that I'm in at Howard, mm -hmm. they had car wrecks, right? Mm. hear these messages like hey maybe you shouldn't be driving it much and then I found out like a few days later that unfortunately one of my favorite former students passed mm. away uh, oh man yeah yeah he was in a car wreck shout out to uh, Bobby Burwell the third um, mm. uh, uh, Robert Burwell but we called him Bobby oh, one man. of my best students one of the most respectful young men that I that I ever taught Wow. And you know he was he was a developing singer. Oh, okay. He would go on his Instagram page. He had like thirteen thousand folks. He had wow. Wow. music videos. He he was a great person, and you know he he passed away uh, 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 like a few days after I got the messages about the students in the program. Mm -hmm. You know that that had car wrecks. So you would think with you know, God giving me all these messages, I would stay off the road more. Yeah. But, you know, that's me being hard-headed and yeah. a woman yeah. runs into my car. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, you so know sometimes I, it's hard to put together those messages, though, and understand it. Then after, you know, how they say hindsight is twenty twenty. That's so true. Because that'd be like, I, mean, I should have known this. This yeah. is what I mean, you know, but, you know, you know. It, it's all my fault. Because I knew, I knew better I should have done that. I knew better. I should have done better. So, yeah, yeah. you know, God, God told me don't, don't be driving as much. And I went, I went and drove a lot, and that's, that's, that's no what problem. happened. But yeah, yeah. to, to look, look at it in terms of you know things working out for the good for God's people, it's, it's allowed me to have more time to focus mm -hmm. on you know classes and 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 film and things like that. So. It, it, it's working out, you know. I'm, That's good. That's I'm, I'm good. staying home, getting yeah. things done, you know. Right, right. It's, yeah. it's working out. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. So, man, um, before we wrap up, I just want to um, uh, find out where can people get the book from? Uh, you want them getting it directly from you? Is it Yo, available? You can, all right, so there's a lot of ways you can get it. All right. I, I, I have to give Sankofa some more copies because, you know, they, they uh, people have been buying them. You know, people have been buying them. 
gradually but surely. So mm-hmm. I gotta get mm-hmm. those four copies. But if you wanna go on Amazon, it's on Amazon. If you wanna hit me up on my email, my email is a n d e r s o n n e o p h o r i a at gmail dot com. So it it sounds complex, but it's simple. Anderson Neophoria. The oh, Neophoria N E O P H O R I A. Right, right, right. Neophoria at gmail.com. You can hit me up there. If you want to send me an Instagram, R O B Y E O N E. Uh that's my IG, Robbie One. Okay. Okay. I was looking for you on IG. Okay. I didn't know it was Robbie One. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm on there. I, I follow all your all your stuff. Oh, okay. Then I probably follow you back. I gotta make sure I I was being lazy. I, I think you I, I know I know you do with the incredible uh uh two oh two one. That, okay, that, yeah, that's my main yeah, that's the main yeah, yeah, so but yeah, I'm on, I'm on all of that stuff. And if you all want to, you can hit me up all those ways or just go on Amazon. Paths is, is on there. You type you go to the book section, type in Paths, the novel, and it's there as well. So yeah, yeah. there's a lot of different ways to get it. Yeah, man. Check out the book, man. Like I said, it's uh, really well put together. If you've uh, had the, the HBCU experience, it feels really familiar. And if you haven't, it's still, it's a great conduit. It's a great like uh, uh, window into that world and some of the aspects of it. But if you've had a college experience also, you, it's a lot of familiarity and things that you can connect and vibe with. It's a dope, dope book. I, I really recommend it. Go out, check it out. Paths by my man, Robbie Anderson. Hey man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you rocking with me today, man. Uh, it's been a really great interview. Um, you and insightful. I appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. This is yeah. about my, my second or third time uh, uh, doing one of your shows. I know you had uh, the studio over at um, the- The Harbor. The Harbor, yeah, the yeah, Harbor. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yep, I, you know, I always appreciate these experiences. I'm glad that you invited me, thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. And we're going to wrap um, um, soon about some stuff. Like, I, you know, my wheels are turning. I got some ideas. So I definitely want to run past you, you hey, know. I, I think that, oh, I think that, you know, the, the more experience, the, the the better that we can all get. You know, I think it would be great to put more of your material out there, you know. Definitely, so, definitely. Because you got, you got some fire songs, Dave. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, man. I, was, I don't really, you know, I, like I said, I haven't really rapped in a while. I still write a lot and I produce, you know, uh, now, but I mean, I've been uh, doing more like the acting and, and writing for like, um, like I said, you know, a, a friend of mine has a sketch comedy show and stuff like that. But that's just some stuff I wanted to talk to you about because the, the process of writing, like I'm okay at it, but I want to get better. And so, you know, I'm going to shoot some of my stuff to you and see what you think of it. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about all that, man. I want to thank you guys for rocking with us today. It's been another episode of the Neighborish Livecast. A uh, million thanks to uh, to Joel Laguerre for coming in and, uh, and and being a host with us. And a million thanks to my brother, Robbie Anderson, for coming through and kicking it with me today, man. Thank you guys for rocking with us. Uh, you right. know, have a great week. Take care of yourselves and each other. And uh, hey, look, watch out for that corona, man. Keep your mask on. Keep the hand sanitizer. Wash your hands. And be safe out here, man. Love all of y'all. Yes, sir. Sanitizer, yes, sir. Exactly, exactly. All right, Robbie. Peace. All right, thank you.